It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, guys, you are Locked On Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by Zach Ledoux for another fan talk. We're going to be talking about Monday night's Giants game and much, much more. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. I've been covering the Falcons for many years at FalFans.com, on Twitter at FalFans, and, of course, the host of Locked On Falcons, this illustrious podcast that you're listening to right now. I am joined for another fan talk with Zach Ledoux. He's young Zach on Twitter. He's been chastising me a lot about how the Falcons are better with one back instead of two on Twitter. I've been dismissive of him, but... The evidence is seemingly overwhelming at this point. We'll talk about that later on the show, uh, along with some other topics. But welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Uh, long-time listener and happy to be on with you. So, Okay, let's jump in before we get to your uh, thoughts on, on Sark and his ability to handle two backs or, or whatnot. Let's talk about the thing that is... Um, more pressing, the Falcons have an upcoming matchup against the Giants on Monday Night Football, uh, a, a Giants team that is struggling this season. Uh, but certainly we have not seen teams struggle when they have faced the Falcons' defense so far this year, and, and the Giants are probably looking for a game that sort of can relight the fire uh, for this offense that has a lot of playmakers on them, none chief among them being um Saquon Barkley what are your thoughts on this upcoming matchup yeah like like you mentioned like opposing running backs just seem to always have a field day against us so I expect uh Saquon Barkley to go off and have a good game um hopefully we can keep their offense and and uh Odell Beckham and company in check just long enough for for our offense to do damage Hopefully we can get to Eli. Um, you know, he's been a statue back there for the past three or four years, and that offensive line hasn't been playing that well. So, yeah, maybe we can get some pressure on him and, and try to disrupt that offense and get um, and stop them that way. Yeah, I think that's going to be important. Um, I know you and I have had conversations about whether or not the offense and defensive line – sort of have been problem areas for the team or the bigger problem areas for the team this year. But I do think this is another opportunity for this defensive line to show that they're not just uh, any, you know, mediocre unit, but going up against this Giants offensive line where they will have some favorable matchups. I'm hoping that Tack has a a bigger game than he's had the last couple of weeks um, and can really sort of dominate this game like we saw a couple weeks ago against the Cincinnati Bengals as well as several other players, and we'll have to sort of see if the Falcons get Grady Jarrett back or Derek Shelby back as we're recording this. We don't necessarily know what their guys' 
status for Monday is going to be. But this is, I think, another sort of litmus test with this defensive line to show that they can actually go out there and really affect the quarterback because I think if they don't do that, then it's just going to be a lot of check downs to Saquon Barkley. And as we saw in that Steeler game against this defense, you know, a six-yard pass to Saquon could easily go for 60 yards uh, just because of the question marks that we have in terms of tackling in the middle of defense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, stopping Saquon Barkley and, you know, the missed tackles, that's probably what's plagued us all year. And stopping him, like, probably immediately after the catch is, is going to be big in this game. And, and and to harken back on your point about the, um, what unit has been most problematic for us, I, you know, I, I like to say it's been our – linebacking linebacker unit in our dbs because you know that that whole cover three scheme that the falcons employ that the the seattle cover three scheme is you know it's predicated on preventing the big play and forcing opponents to drive um 10 to 12 plays down the field to score uh which is why i think that's why opponents last year um racked up a lot of time possession on us but but back to this season when when we're missing tackles you know in the open field that that kind of runs counter to to our whole defensive scheme because you know we're, we're keeping everything in front of us but when we miss tackles you know lets opponents break break open the game so um stopping saquon barkley and and their tight ends and their receivers um once the ball is caught going to be big in this game yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hear what, what you're saying with that, with the whole, you know, linebacker and, and sort of the issues there. I, I think that makes sense. I guess for me, my perspective has always been, I think this defense is as good as their defensive line allows them to be. I thought that was the case last year. I think that's been the case for the most part the last couple of years. And I think right now, because of the issues that the team is having on in terms of the back end, I think the fact that their defensive line isn't playing better is is a major contributing factor to why some of the struggles. Because we know, you know, several players at linebacker, at safety, at, and, and maybe even at corner aren't necessarily up to par to, with what the usual standards are for the Falcons defense. And it's a bigger, for me at least, is a bigger. Uh, the, the defensive line needs to take a bigger uh, piece, a uh, bigger slice of the pie or, or so, or, or take on more um, of a burden to sort of carry this defense. And I, I just don't think they've done a good job at that because I think quarterbacks, by and large, have had all time, all day to throw in, in pretty much every game with the exception of maybe one or two. Um, and just been able to basically pick apart this defense, uh, given some of the issues that they have uh, behind that D-line. Well, we got more to come with Zach talking uh, about the Falcons and get his thoughts on what's going on with the team. But I want to let you guys know that the NBA season is back and the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered. You can check out uh, a whole host of Lockdown shows covering all 30 NBA teams, including Lockdown Hawks with host Brad Rowland. Wherever you get your Lockdown Podcasts, uh, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your NBA team every day don't you guys love a night out maybe you want to go out and see your favorite band or head to the theater or be there in person for the falcons next home game cheering them on in the crowd 
Now you can with Vivid Seats. You can attend any concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is a top choice for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off of orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app right now. Use the promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off of orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Each purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Go ahead, download the app, enter the promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Zach, um, let's talk uh, about sort of the offense and some of these playmakers, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman. I'll give you the floor and and sort of wherever you want to go, because I know you have some thoughts on some of these topics. Yeah, um, specifically the, the running back situation. Now that uh, Devontae Freeman will likely miss um, the rest of the season, I, I think he may be able to come back in well, like week 16. But, you know, with him gone now, I think that opens uh, the door for Edo Smith to, to have a, you know, to have a, a permanent role in this offense. And I was just wondering, long term, what do you think that means for the Falcons running back situation? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the uh, we'll see. I mean, I think the next eight weeks will sort of tell us what that's going to mean in terms of what the the future may hold. It's up in the air. I think where where the Falcons are going to be next year at their running back position, and and certainly where they potentially could be the year after that. Okay. Okay. Do do, do you see the Falcons uh, drafting a running back in either day one or day two? I would doubt it, um, but I certainly think there's a possibility. I, you know, unlike a lot of people, I don't think this is the end of Devontae Freeman's time in Atlanta. I think he'll be back next year. Um, that, to me, has never really been in doubt unless Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith go off over these next eight weeks and just are arguably the best pair of running backs in the league, and then the Falcons can re-sign Tevin Coleman and, and find a way to get out of Devontae Freeman's contract, I'm pretty sure that Devontae's going to be back. Ito's going to be back. The question is going to be whether Tevin Coleman's going to be back. But based off of how Ito Smith and Tevin Coleman have played so far in Devontae Freeman's absence, you know, they haven't played at that level. So, um, you know, we'll have to see what, what they do over the next eight weeks. Yeah, and um, Vienna Falcons came out with the um... – with a with a report on how the offense is fared without Freeman and with him, and um, I thought one of the biggest 
points he made was that the Falcons tend to play poor, poor defenses when he's missing games as opposed to playing about average defenses with uh, win premiums there. Uh, the sample size is relatively small. I think it's about like seven games as opposed to like 15 with him. Uh, what would you think about that if, if you had a chance to um, read that? Yeah, I, I saw it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think you, you go back to what Dallas, Seattle, and I'm trying to think of the other game that he missed last year. Whatever that game was between the Seattle game and the Minnesota game is when we had Devontae. So I can't remember who that third opponent was. But, um, you know, you look at this year, what he missed, Carolina, New Orleans, and uh, Cincinnati. Um, And Carolina, New Orleans defenses, Carolina's defense hasn't, certainly hasn't lived up to their expectations. New Orleans defense has been pretty terrible. So there is a, a through line to that, that the Falcons haven't necessarily played some defensive juggernauts uh, in Devontae's absences um, the, over the last two seasons. And it, it is one of those things where I do think, you know, it's hard for me to sort of buy that it's somehow Devontae being in the lineup affects Steve Sarkeesian's play calling to such a degree that you see the sort of the difference in the outputs with Matt Ryan's passer rating being 40 points higher with the, I think the offense averaging like what, like 12 more points per game or or whatever the case may be simply because Sark doesn't know how to utilize Devontae Freeman. So the fact that, you know, digging a little deeper and seeing, okay, maybe it is, you know, the, the matchups and, and just sort of the luck of the draw where the Falcons have played some lackluster defenses that they've been able to take advantage of when Devontae's been out, does seem to, to mesh more with sort of my perception on the issue. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, you know, after a deeper analysis into that, it, it did kind of strike me that we were playing um, poor defenses, um, and which led me to, to sort of like equate how the team was doing when you actually watch the game. and Because and, it always seemed like that the offense was um, – was more in rhythm. They were gaining chunk plays, even though sometimes the running game wasn't actually, uh, we weren't picking up a lot of yards in the rushing game. It just felt like that the offense was moving the ball at a, at a higher clip. And, and now that he brings up that point, it, it probably is um, because we were playing bad defenses, but, but I think this season, um, this season will pretty much answer, answer that question. If Sark is better, with just one primary back since Devontae will be out um, for the remainder of the season. Yeah, it was Tampa Bay was the other team. I, I just looked it up. I, I can't believe I forgot that. But, yeah. I think I think Freeman played that, that game. He played the second Tampa Bay game. He didn't play the first one where Julio went off. Right, 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 right. Um, and it's interesting because I don't think Coleman played in that second Tampa Bay game, and they didn't necessarily put up as many points um, as they had the previous time, obviously, but you know, Julio didn't exactly have like 250 yards. So I think it would be interesting because it is the fact that the Falcons are playing some tougher defenses, um, uh, in, in Devonte's absence. So it's going to be interesting to sort of see how, how this thing whole shapes out and, and whether or not when we face, you know, some teams like Washington and Cleveland who have in Baltimore, 
who have uh, tougher defenses. Arizona is another team that's defense has been playing reasonably well this year. Um, will the Falcons still be able to operate at this high level without Devontae as they have, um, you know, over the past, you know, uh, two years uh, so far? Or, or will that sort of, you know, sort of even out and all of a sudden we'll sort of see some games where, um, you know, Matt Ryan and the offense aren't necessarily dropping 30 burgers as they seem to have been doing the last couple of times they've been without Freeman. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. We'll, we'll sort of get a, a little bit more of a definitive answer over these next eight weeks uh, to see if this offense can continue to operate at a really high level. Now, uh, we got more to come with Zach and, uh, you know, I want to get his thoughts on other topics dealing with the Falcons. But I want to let you guys know that uh, your fantasy football seasons are still going strong and they can even get stronger if you check out both fantasy football shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network. The first one is Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, where you can get all your injury news and updates from around the league uh, to get you prepared to set your lineups each weekend. Also check out Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast with host Vinny Iyer, the second show where he is... Uh, joined by a new fantasy expert every day to get you guys ready to go each weekend. So check out both of those shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your fantasy team every day. Don't you think it's crazy how much we pay for brand new name clothes? Why do we buy kids clothes that they're just going to outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, now there is. It's Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving from store to store, sifting through racks when you can easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find exactly what you need. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap, and more. Quality hand-inspected items are added daily, and if something doesn't fit, you can enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. We have a special offer for our listeners. Head over to Swap.com right now, where you can get 35% off select items on your first order by using the promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, you can find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. Again, save 35% on your first order by using the promo code LOCKEDON at SWAP.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Zach, um, what else do you want to talk about? I I know you sort of mentioned in passing sort of your thoughts on maybe Julio and and the possibility of getting him, you know, some some touchdowns potentially at some point in the calendar year of 2018, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be a good idea to probably get him a touchdown. Right now, he ranks second behind um, Adam Thielen in receiving yards, but again, no touchdowns. And I know the team has uh, reiterated that that they want to like, rework his deal after this year. So just wondering, 
do you think that'll be something or that the Falcons could reasonably use against him to, to, to bargain when it comes to contract talks? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I think that might, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think, I think if the Falcons presented that to his agent, his agent would laugh in their face. Um, I think if, if they're going to, you know, play hardball at the negotiation table with Julio, I think it's going to be the age and the injuries that is the, the where they can sort of maybe take a little bit harder line in the sand against him just because at his age and with his injury history, the longevity of his career is probably not going to be to the level of similar receivers that were sort of at his level that were able to play until they were like 33 or 34 or sometimes even much, much later than that. Um, and, and so they can basically be like, we don't necessarily want to pay you, you know, this monster contract, you know, that some people have been sort of speculating that he was going to get, which is, a, you know, like a five-year deal that, you know, is worth close to $100 million. And they're like, well, if you're going to be a player that is soon going to be on the decline due to your age and injury, why should we give you, you know, that contract that includes, you know, I don't know, $40, $50 million over the next couple of years um, when you're going to be on the decline and your price tag is only going to go up. And instead, let's give you like a, a short-term deal that sort of guarantees your money over the next couple of years, but we don't necessarily have to lock ourselves into, you know, significantly more cap space over that period of time. That's how I would approach it. Whether or not the Falcons approach it that way, we'll have to wait and see. But like, I, I wouldn't necessarily rush out there to to throw a whole lot of money at Julio uh, this upcoming offseason. But I certainly wouldn't necessarily do it because he doesn't score enough touchdowns. Right, right, right. Um, what what do you think about you know with Sanu being potentially a cap casualty and and be, this being Dustin's Hardy's last year? Um, that that potentially leaves two two wide receiver spots open and and the emergence of Calvin Ridley. So how, how do you think the Falcons wide receiver core will look um, moving forward? Well, because the Falcons tend to do things that I hate. Uh, my expectation is that they will keep Sanu, although I, I do think, you know, <laughs> if Ridley continues to <laughs> perform at a high level, I think, you know, given that they have some other areas of the roster, I- including that offensive line and that defensive line that I think they should want to shore up, um, I think getting the cap savings, I think it's like three or four million dollars or whatever it is, by cutting Sanu and then replacing him with a cheaper sort of, um, third wide receiver, you know, I think because of the presence of Julio, because of Ridley, both of guys that can show that they can play in the slot and be effective in the slot, I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the team to pay a premium for a slot receiver like Sanu that they have been paying over the last couple of years. Um, You know, as for Hardy, I'm a big fan of Hardy. I I think he's a very underrated player, but right now I don't think he's going to be back in Atlanta unless, you know, he can start to be a lot more productive in the second half of this season which I don't, you know, if the status quo continues, I don't think that's we're going to see that happen. But um, I think he's a very talented player. I, I hope he gets an opportunity, uh, whether it's in Atlanta or elsewhere, to showcase his skills as a slot receiver um, that I just, you know, I think do in large part due to Sanu, 
and maybe that's part of the reason why I hold so much against Sanu, is I don't feel like Hardy ever really got that opportunity because the Falcons went out and paid all this money for Sanu, and him and Hardy sort of have an overlapping skill set. Um, so we'll have to see how, how it goes, but obviously, you know, how the rest of the season plays out. If, if, to me, if Sanu, you know, continues to have these sort of one good game and then three middling games, and, and you still, in you know, in contrast, you see like three good games for Ridley and then one middling game, um, to me, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to keep Sanu and pay him all this money just to basically be the third wide receiver uh, in the offense, which is basically what he has been in my eyes when the Falcons offense has been operating at its most efficient back in 2016. And as well this year when, you know, Taylor Gabriel was, te- you know, not technically the number two, but was the, the the number two guy in terms of how he was used in the offense and, and what defense is really feared from the offense. Yeah, I don't have the cap numbers in front of me, but do you know how much um, it would cost us in a cap penalty if we uh, decide to cut Sanu after this season? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I know his cap hit is around $7.5 million. I think it's like a 3 or $4 million savings, so they would have to eat about you know three and a half or, or, or so or less in terms of dead money next year. I think that's the case, but I could be wrong. Yeah, well... You know, Sunil's been a key key player for us in, on third down. Uh, Matt Ryan has developed a strong rapport with him in crucial situations. So I don't know. I, maybe keeping Sunil isn't isn't too bad of an option. And plus, especially the way he's played in these last two games um, with those two touchdowns against uh, the Steelers and um, Tampa Bay. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm got, I think. Sanu might be on uh, on the uptick, knowing that his time in Atlanta may be numbered. So I, I think he may be playing um, a little bit better because of that. Maybe. Yeah, I, I just looked it up. Um, Two point eight million is his dead money hit next year if he's cut, and the Falcons will save four point six million against their salary cap. Mm. So almost five million. Probably. You can probably parlay that into getting a decent pass rusher. That's my thoughts. But, you know, we'll have to sort of see how the rest of the season plays out. And maybe, you know, my expectation right now is, again, in part due to the Falcons doing things that I don't like, I don't agree with. But I think the Falcons would be like, you know, let's see if we can get, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I think is is basically their philosophy going to be. And and if they can afford to keep Sanu, then they probably will. But um, we'll have to sort of see how that plays out. Uh, Zach, is there anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? Um, what did you, you um, think about Austin Hooper? I, I remember um, during the end of his rookie season and going into his second season, um, I, I think you compared him to Kyle Rudolph, if I'm not mistaken. So what, what do you think about his development and, and the Falcons using these three tight end sets more? I, I've you know I've I've been a little underwhelmed with Hooper's blocking because I think he's a much he, he's shown he's been a much better blocker, um, but you know last year he started off slow in, in the terms of the blocking department and picked it up in the second half so I'm hoping we'll see that soon. Um, I think you know him being a regular part in, in sort of being you know a, a check down option for Matt Ryan I think it is a good usage of his skills. I don't think he's necessarily going to be this dynamic sort of, um, you know, 
threat against teams and in, in sort of the way that the Falcons have sort of used in the last couple of weeks, which is a lot of sort of quick throws, a lot of sort of underneath throws to him and sort of using him to get these five yard gains and these seven yard gains and whatnot. And, and sort of helps to supplement the fact that the Falcons running game hasn't been that effective in that time period. So I, I think it's been a, a good usage of his skills. Um, and I hope, you know, if we get some more opportunities down the road to get some more opportunities to see him use his skills in the red zone, where I think that can be that similar skill set can be effective. So I like Hooper's growth. I like they the expansion that they've done with, with him in the offense. And I hope to see uh, that continue as the season wears on. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've, I've been really pleased with him uh, as of late. I think he's really coming on. I think, you know, he, he dropped a couple critical passes last year that kind of turned the fan base against him. But so far this season, I, I thought he's been playing uh, well. And I just want to see him continue to grow and get better and um, be a, a, you know, a, a middle of the field option when um, teams are trying to take Calvin Ridley and um, Julio Jones out. So I think he's developing an, a nice little niche in, in our offense right now. So hope, hope to see that continue. Yeah, yeah, and then, look, you know, I'm, all, I'm always going to look for a reason to get rid of Muhammad Sanu, but I think because of Hooper having that ability to maybe sort of take over and be Matt Ryan's sort of security blanket on those third downs and on those underneath routes does make maybe Sanu a potentially a little bit more expendable if Hooper can continue to show uh, that progress and, and develop that rapport with Matt Ryan that he seems to have done so far, so... Yeah, and um, with Saubert getting more snaps too in that three tight end set, we're not we're not seeing uh, your favorite Falcon, uh, Sombralo, out there. So <laughs> that's a plus two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's true. That's true. Although I, I can't help but notice looking at the numbers last year when he was playing as that you know as as a blocking tight end, the Falcons were very effective when he was in the lineup doing that. So um, <laughs> we'll have to see if if that's something that they can even get more value out of that position moving forward. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But you Wow, you advocating uh, more playing time for uh, Ty Sombrello. Look, I don't have a problem with him as a tight end. I have a pro- very big problem with him as an <laughs> offensive tackle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see that day happen. Even even with Schrader struggling, I, I'd much rather have a struggling Ryan Schrader than Ty Sombrello in that, in that spot. Oh, yeah, don't, yeah, don't we all? Let the people know where they can uh, find you on Twitter and uh, elsewhere. Yeah, I, I can be followed on Twitter at YoungZach. That's uh, Y-O-U-N-G-Z-A-C-H underscore at Twitter. I'm constantly uh, chastising Aaron and uh, yes. Matt Caroli. So, yeah, you guys can probably follow, follow me, and I'm always willing to talk uh, Falcons with anybody. And you guys can also follow me on Instagram at um, – uh, underscore young Zach on Instagram. So yeah, follow. Yeah. He's been many a times where Zach has been talking to Matt and then tags me in it and just brings me in. Cause apparently I guess he just wants us to fight about stuff. He's, he's one of those folks <laughs> that enjoys that. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I, just, I, I value uh, YouTube's opinion. So yeah. Okay, man. I appreciate you coming on and, um, you know, look forward to many more Twitter conversations over the ensuing months. Yeah, hope hopefully we can uh, get some conversations going into February. Hopefully. That's the plan, right? Yep. 
Man, I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. Okay, guys. Another fan talking the books. Appreciate Zach for joining me in, in chatting about some topics. You know, taking a little bit of a look ahead to 2019. You know me. I'm, I'm always like, you know, we got 2018 to finish before we get there. But certainly given the circumstances of the Falcon season and some of the struggles, I can certainly understand a pivot towards 2019. I certainly will not deny that I have not been thinking about future moves. Um and what the Falcons could do this offseason to sort of solve some of their issues, uh, looking at free agent lists, looking at draft prospects, all those sorts of things. So I get it. Uh, I just tend to think about it and not talk about it, as I try to do. But uh, certainly, if you ask the questions, I will answer them. As you guys know, I'm very opinionated about stuff. So um, if you have a feedback or questions if you want to be a part of a fan talk you can do so by emailing me at locked on at mail.com of course you can hit me up on twitter i'm at falc fans the show's ha- twitter handle is locked on falcons that's the best place to hit me up if it's a podcast related tweet if you don't have twitter or don't like twitter then by all means you can lose the show's facebook page which is locked on falcons and of course you can leave a comment at falcfans.com where the show is posted daily so there you have it, guys. Another fan talking the books. We'll be back Monday with something, probably another Giants preview, but uh, I'll have to figure that out over the weekend. And then Tuesday will be our rapid reaction to the Monday night game. So, till then. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.